Uh, there's nothing like a hot spring to help thaw out the end of winter. Where are your clothes? Where are my clothes? Where did all this water come from? It's episode six. That means it's our obligatory fan service episode. It's why our studio is now a hot spring. Since when did we have that kind of a budget? <laughs> well, wait, where's Coco? <laughs> Such smooth skin. I feel very exposed all of a sudden. Uh, did I? <laughs> is she getting closer? Launch it, quick! Avalanche! Tatsuo! Kanida! Onita? It's over 9,000! Nani? Language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi Radio. Konnichiwa, and welcome to a new episode of Kawaii Fi Radio, the podcast where we look into the world of anime, manga, and all things in between. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me are my co hosts, Coco and Kenny. Hey, guys. What up? G'day. <laughs> what up, G? <laughs> well, there's uh, a lot ahead in this show because it is a review episode. Yay. It is the end of an anime season. That means we've got tons and tons of anime we can tell you all about because we've binge-watched everything. Yes, Pretty it's much. been a trial. It's been but on that note, we've had to do a bit of a catch-up scramble to get up to date on some of these. And one of them I want to talk about is Price of Smiles. Because mm-hmm. we watched the first episode, and we're like, "Oh, it was interesting," and it was by it was a studio. hard all right. Yeah, that first episode, but the the little tidbit at the end really sells it, and we're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Um, but it's by a studio who was celebrating their twentieth anniversary with this, so it's an all original story, and. You know, you watch the first episode, and if you don't watch to the end, much like a Marvel film, you miss out on something important. Indeed. And uh, that important thing was serious plot development. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've got to be honest, I was really impressed. Mm-hmm. I think the first episode was basically there to set up a sort of an expectation and then to utterly crush it in the mm. prevailing episodes. Mm, kind of similar to School Life Club. Mm. Um, except obviously only over the one episode. <laughs> um, what oh I liked after uh, we kept on watching this anime was how well they had created this. Say so the first like ninety percent of that first episode was our experience as Yuki. Yeah, just Be- being you know enjoying everything from the world Every- yeah. and just, just living safe. in a paradise. Everything's yeah. protected. Everything's great. And then everything know? changed when the Mecha Anime Nation attacked. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the note of Mechas, revisions. Um, yes, that that's another one. That was a Netflix anime, and I. I, I thought, oh, it looks pretty cool, teleporting mm-hmm. all of the city into the future, uh, whatever might be going on, there's mechs. And then I met the main character. I want to smash his head like a coconut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coconut he's, zoo, smash. He's um, not... Mm, you just messiah complex. <laughs> Serious messiah complex. He is the anti-Shinji. He is. Yeah. The, the thing is, is the characters all are very different they're very unique they all have their own personalities and that's making me want to keep watching it even Mm. though the main character is driving me absolutely up the wall because i just want someone to slap him and say calm down grow up well it's kind of like that's happened a few times but he's not listening yeah he he doesn't seem to get the point i like to think that as he sees other people around him grow and learn he'll get the point as well i really want to but he's surrounded by people who are pretty straight laced and he's a bit well, off with the mecha gods, essentially. Yes, <laughs> just a little bit. Mm. What I wanted to quickly mention is that up until about a week and a half ago, I'd never seen Hal's Moving Castle. What? Oh, my. Yeah. I, I, I watched it in secret I'm from you guys. <laughs> we have it on the shelf. We've had it on the shelf for seven years. I'm yeah, pretty sure not having seen that film is like 
against the rules. I know. Shout out to my friend Ali who put it on for me and we sat and watched it and it, oh my gosh. It's, it's a wonderful film. It's so beautiful. Bing. Everything is lovely. Well, you know, not everything is lovely. There's <laughs> war, of course. There is a very fantastical um, element to it. We have been talking about uh, maybe having a Ghibli episode some other time. Yes, it's just there is so many good reasons to do that. There, as there's you now so know, many to talk mm. about. I mean, like, e- even outside of that, you're going back further. Porco Rosso. My um, Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen. Yes, uh, Actually, oh. neither have I. What? You, you, you know what this means? We need a new segment. Oh, my. And yeah. I think we're going to have to call it Never Seen. Yes, it's... Am I supposed to confess something now? You don't have yes, to if you don't turn. want to. <laughs> pressure. Peer pressure. I okay, so Coco a... says yes. I say I don't care. I haven't <laughs> seen Akira. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, what a, that's would, a pretty phenomenal one to what miss. What I would suggest is to read the books first. Mm. I actually have books... read the first one. I read it in a bookshop ages ago. and um... Well, they are also on the shelf. Yes. So please avail yourself of them. <laughs> read them all. It is absolutely ph- phenomenal. Right, well, this episode, we're going to be dipping our toes into the nice warm onsen waters to look at the phenomenon we've seen in a wide range of animes. This is the Hot Spring and Beach episode. Now, for some reason, episode six and seven seem to be the most common location for these events to appear. Mm, The midpoint. The midpoint of an anime series. And this is particularly... Uh, th- this fits into what we were talking about previously in the three-episode royal about the introduction of 12-episode anime. Mm. Um, so we're going to f- have a look at that and just have a, a bit of a laugh at the the strangeness that has occurred from here. Uh, we're also doing our first season in review, looking back at the past three months' worth of anime and what we've managed to watch. There is music involved. It's going to be great. We've got some fantastic covers from amazing artists on YouTube who've been very, very lovely and offered to let us play their music and the good and the bad will get their turns but first it's news time making headlines really anime news Manga Taisho Award winners announced and the prices rising at Crunchyroll this is Kawaii Fi Anime News Neon Genesis Evangelion's official Twitter has revealed the dialogue recording for the fourth rebuild film is underway, completing the reimagined story of Evangelion which began in 2007. The final Shin Evangelion film was officially announced back in 2012, but delays and other projects by director Anno pushed the film onto the back burner. Anno has previously said finishing the third film in the franchise left him feeling drained and burnt out, but an offer to reboot the Godzilla franchise in 2016 appears to have reinvigorated his work. The film is slated to open in Japan in 2020. Netflix has also announced the original Evangelion anime will land on its streaming service on June 21st. The original series and films have been out of print in North America since ADV Films closed their doors in 2009. The Death and Rebirth and End of Evangelion films will also be coming to the service, though questions around whether the director's cuts of the final episodes will be available is yet to be confirmed. Crunchyroll has announced its first price rise to its premium membership since launching the service, with the new prices affecting users in the US, UK, Australia and Nordic regions. The US and Australian prices will raise by $1.04 to $7.99 a month, and in the UK the monthly membership rises by about £1.50 to £6.50. The change comes into effect for new users on May 1st, with existing users not seeing the price change until August. 
A second My Hero Academia film has been announced this week, with manga creator Kohai Korikoshi supervising the new film. The announcement was made at last week's Anime Japan event and is slated for release in Japan's winter, likely around the time of the Series 4 season finale. The previous film, My Hero Academia 2 Heroes, earned more than 1.64 billion yen at the Japanese box office, that equates to roughly 15 million US, with the North American release taking in just shy of 6 million. Astra Lost in Space has taken home the 12th Manga Taisho Award, with the series squarely beating its competitors for the illustrious award. The Manga Taisho Awards are nominated by bookstore staffers in charge of manga sections, and only accepts works published in the last year with less than 8 volumes. The manga ended serialization in December 2017, with its final volumes released last year, and an anime adaptation is due to air in July this year. Popular isekai anime, That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, has revealed a second season has been greenlit for 2020, with the series ending its 25-episode run this week. The announcement was made on the series' Twitter account, with Studio 8-Bit and the original cast returning for the production. The series is also receiving a new manga spin-off called The Trinity of the Magic Kingdom, focusing on a beast girl visiting Tempest on a secret mission. The new manga is being serialized in monthly Shonen Cirrus magazine, with two chapters published a month. And a wave of anime sequels have been announced the past week, part in thanks to the Anime Japan 2019 showcase events. Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon announced its second season will air in July, with new cast members and visuals released online. High School Girl 2 has been slated for an October premiere following its 12-episode series that ran last July. A second season of Deadly Checkpoint Anime ReZero has been revealed on the series website, with an OVA special due out on October 6th. And a third season of Romantic Mess Anime My Team Romantic Comedy Snafu was announced in monthly Sunday GX, with the series adapting more of the light novel. And Inner Bodywork Force Anime Cells at Work is also receiving a new season, though staff have said details will be released at a later date. There's also a number of new series announced based on popular manga. Magical Index spin-off manga, A Certain Scientific Accelerator will be getting an anime adaptation in July. Sci-fi boxing anime Livius is getting a 3D CG series adaptation through Netflix. And Bonkers light novel series Do You Love Your Mum and Her Two-Hit Multi-Target Attack will premiere in July this year with the isekai-style show following a mother-son team in another world. And that's your anime news for the week ending March 31st, 2019. Okay, so... You have many questions, don't you? Um, mostly just repeat that last title. Yeah. Do you love your mum and her two-hit multi-target attack? I mean... What I'd would what would your mum be like if you guys were just planted into a different world? Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, mine, I can't argue with that. Mine would be incredibly angry. Yeah, like rage <laughs> angry you see the, the thing is is there is so much that has happened in the past two weeks because of the anime japan expo and mm. it's that it was two days open to the public two days open only to the industry um wow. it's a lot of stuff was announced and things we couldn't fit in there's a goblin slayer ova coming oh. maiden abyss has a second film oh. sand euphonium <gasps> has a film hey. there's two new original films uh, human lost and for whom the alchemist exists which both sound fantastic and there is a slew of new anime series coming out the next year and they all just got hit bang 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 one after another i love big festivals like mm. this when all these different things are announced whether it's a game festival or an anime festival anything cultural like that where you just get this is everything that's coming to you. Yeah. And I mean, in particular, though, My Hero Academia Film 2. Yay! Ooh. We don't know awesome. anything yet. <laughs> but I'm excited. So that was announced at their panel event um, during the show. So. I want to see more of Ayama. 
Mm. I want to know if he's not going to be able to stop twinkling from anywhere <laughs> else other than, than his belly button at some point. I wonder if you'll actually be able to shoot it out of his hands, then we can call them twinkle fingers. <gasps> yes, or his toes, twinkle toes. toes. Oh. <laughs> and uh, th- as you know, this one's very close to my heart. Neon Genesis, fourth film, about time. Oh, that's uh, going to be good. You are happy. I hope. Yeah. Well, before I even met you, Coco, that they started these, and mm. that's, a, that's a while ago. So. Now, I remember the last few just seemed to get more dark. They did. They did, which, I mean, isn't bad in itself, mm. but I just felt like it was for, like, Oscar was being belligerent just for the sake of being belligerent. It, you can understand why Anno was quite exhausted after that third film because yeah, it was, was very heavy. While it was a complete yeah. change of story altogether from the original series, it was just exhausting and so emotionally charged. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Wi-Fi radio. Anime history. Are we still in the hot spring? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Just checking. You know what? I've Which put clothes on now, though. So, Coco, you can stop trying to drill a hole in the wall. It's all fine. Well, <laughs> you didn't see anything. No, 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 we didn't see I don't know what you're looking at. That's a window. <laughs> That's a window. And I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hot Springs <laughs> Beach episodes, they appear in so many animes. It's connected to the culture of Japan. Mm. It's often related to a series which has something to do with schools or isekais or young, you know, young sort adult. of, yeah, young, uh, young adult focus things. Youth. <laughs> you must experience all of your youth. Go to the beach. Yes. Um, but we, we did, and this is something me and Kenny have been see- saying for quite a while, that the midpoint of many animes seems to be where these episodes lurk. So yeah. if there hasn't been any form of fan service or anything before and there's no ongoing storyline, it tends to pop up around this point. I had a certain theory about it when I first started looking into it that this generally happened for animes that were released around the summertime, mm. like that it was a celebration of the uh, basically the time of year that they were released. Maybe insidious marketing on the part of Tourism Japan. That is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I mean, the beach is like this massive kind of cultural... Uh, it's a massive cultural thing. It's like mm. you're on holiday, you go to the beach. This is like a big deal. Well, I mean, it's either the beach or you go up into the mountains and if you're in the mountains, there must be hot springs. Because exactly, and that too... Very, very culturally mm-hmm. huge over there. And no wonder. It's like anyone who has seen this on a travel show or on an anime knows just how pleasant it looks. But we went through a load of anime and we compiled a, a short list. And I say short because there are many more than this. Mm-hmm. Of episode six and sevens where this happens, where there is a yeah. fan service hot springs or beach episode. Yes. Um, some groups obviously are very aware of this trend and decide to take the utter mickey out of it by purposely having the rest of the series quite uh, fan service and then having nothing <laughs> in episode ti- 6. Even putting it in the title of the episode. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it can just come out of nowhere as well. You've got um, Outlaw Star. Mm. It goes the entire series. This is a sci-fi heavy anime mm-hmm. and, you know, they're getting up to the climax, the big moment, the crux of the show. And then suddenly, let's go to the, let's go and just relax somewhere. on a beach planet. Yeah, let's yeah, why not? Let's just chill out. <laughs> if you can, why just wouldn't you? Right you know? out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean, th- when did it 
this whole fan service thing start? Because we were obviously quite familiar with it in modern times because mm-hmm. of the culture around it, but it started yeah. quite a while ago, didn't well, it? Well, Japanese erotica, as we all know, has been around for a very long time. You just need to look up ukiyo-e. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what specifically to look for because there's plenty out there and <laughs> a lot of it is NSFW. Um, but a lot of it is quite softer, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, I mean, it's all fine, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it started back in the 60s. Oh, wow, that far back. Um, yeah, some believe that Tezka's film, A Thousand mm. and One Nights, as well as his follow-up film, Cleopatra, were the first animated erotic films which okay. had fan service bits. I watched a bit of Cleopatra... It's a bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it seems like really experimental. Um, I mean, you did have I a lot like of experimental uh, Suzuki was trying to get a lot of his chest with those ones. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, all of them seem to have um, the anti-war um, yeah. message throughout them. Um, but yeah, in the 60s, uh, the, the, these, these turned up because in the 60s there was an explosion of so-called pink films. Okay. Yeah, which were very popular. They were Japanese erotica. Um, and they used to show them at a triple screening featurette in the cinemas. Oh. Um, the Film Ethics Board have long banned showing naughty bits. Yep. Um, <laughs> which has actually given Japanese erotica its own particular style as opposed to the Western style of, well... You see what you get. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, some people believe fan service started with Tezuka and turned, kind of turned into what it is now. Um, with regards to the midpoint, though... We uh, quite seem to be returning to Tezuka a lot, don't we? Mm. Yeah. It's like we always we consider that he had such a huge effect on anime, such a huge influence. But he really had, like... A much bigger one than we thought, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't Astro Boy have like one of the first series fan service episodes, like a beach episode? Yes, it's the yes. first ever beach episode was in Tezka's uh, original Astro Boy. Uh, that, that's bonkers. It's amazing, yeah. But, uh, was it at the halfway point? Uh, no, this no. was like uh, near the end mm. of uh, the first season. Okay. See, the, the theory we have going at the moment is that they appear at the midway point as almost a thank you. Yeah. Um, in a very odd way to say, mm. thanks for keeping watching us. You've gotten past yeah. your three episode spot where we've done some weird experimental well, stuff. It was brought, it, like, the the very existence of this in animation was brought in to be a, a sort of um, a competitor mm. to these pink films. So since then, um, just putting it in one spot or maybe putting it in subtle, well, not really subtly, but different places. <laughs> like a brick so, through a windshield. But I do kind of feel like it's a bit like... The director is making his puppets dance. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I'm going to dress you, you up and them? make you go to the beach. And <laughs> Did you uh, ask them if this was okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes these beach episodes are good. They're sort of a breather from yeah. within the anime. There's all this stuff mm. going on. Here's just a quick break. But I, um, I see it as another thing which... Uh, it's just a thing about animation that bugs me. This is a chance for you to see the characters in a, your favourite show wear legitimately anything else mm. other than what they normally wear. I mean, take Pokemon. That hat is stuck to Ash's head permanently. <laughs> that, is, that is never coming on. Brock's jacket. That is not a jacket. That is a crust. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what is really funny? Ran Mahaf. Yeah. It's the the origin story is a hot spring. It is, and 
Do you know I, what happens I, I when have, he falls in and crawls back out? Yeah, now I've read all of the Ranmar manga and I've watched a fair chunk of the series it's over the years. It's one of years. the best. It, it was one of the early uh, series I found that wasn't, um, you know, it was a back catalogy sort of thing. Yeah. And I always thought it was interesting that it's totally okay for Ranmar, who's male, who turns into a girl, to be topless. Yeah. But none of the other characters. So it's okay because he's a guy. He's a guy. He's a guy, <laughs> Which, but... Not a guy. Yeah, which I is what just makes so much of the comedy work. It does. It does. It's and it was, so it's funny. written by a woman as well. Yeah, yes. it's um, like all of this fan service stuff, a lot of it is directed at uh, the male fans, of course, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, female flesh and all that. Except for in recent years where there has been like rather a large <laughs> build-up of female-directed fan service, including just entire animes yeah, that are directed. You guys, that. Did you guys watch that... that is it the OVA from High School of the Dead? That was uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, the, so the High School of the Dead was pretty <laughs> over the top to begin with. Yeah. I loved the story, but it was so hard considering what the director had done before, I'd... i.e. adult content, yes. um, so that it was bordering on being that. I mean, oh. considering his origins... I mean, it's not surprising. It, oh my God. it was expected. It, it was excessive. I cringed so hard. It mm. was just like, I, I like this series. I want to get... Uh, it felt like I was clawing my way up from a hole or something. I mean, and, and this is another example. Episode six in it was, it wasn't a hot spring or a beach episode. It was a bathhouse episode. So yeah. it, it's the same the, sort of thing. You mean on High School of the Dead? Yeah. They went to the jungle and the beach in this OVA. Yeah, in the OVA, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'd say that shows like High School of the Dead were just like, they don't so much have fan service episodes as they are fan service series. Yeah. Mm. And to anyone uh, under the age of 18 or around thereabouts. Don't touch it. I mean, it's a great story, but make sure you're a bit older before you try and jump into it. It's it's a bit full on. It is. Or if if you do intend to watch it, make sure you watch it with mummy and daddy. And this is not only (laughs) full on for for your age, it's full on for 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 any age, to be honest. (laughs) It's just, yeah. But but there's, um, we we had... Did compile quite a list, Kenny, and I think you've got it in front of you at the moment. So uh, give us yes. a few examples off this list. We went through our library, our database. Uh, we had Aho Girl, we had mm-hmm. Anime Guitarist, but I figure with those ones... Mm. The, anime, they are very self-conscious of themselves. Anime Guitarist is a commentary on anime and the manga industry. Well, it and literally the translates itself. as anime story. Of course, yeah. It's the story of anime, almost. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Aho Girl is just a pure comedy of errors. Yeah, I love so. That. It's so silly. <laughs> I feel like it's self-aware enough, though. Mm-hmm. It knows what it's doing as far as... It almost feels like it knows it's an anime. Mm. It's very Deadpool. Harui Suzumiya, also on episode six, I believe, had their beach or swimming pool mm-hmm. episode. Uh, yep. Indeed. And then for all of season two? Um, for eight episodes, for Endless Eight? For the eight episodes of episode one, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think there was... Uh, w- Gurren Lagan. Yeah. <laughs> episode yeah. six. Now, that, that, that kind of breaks the midway point rule and sticks to the episode six rule because that's a 25-episode anime. Mm. And then there was um, Konosuba. Uh, yes. Now, one season one, n- nothing happens. Season two... They oh, talk about it happening. They, they, it gets to episode six and they've mentioned this hot springs town. Yeah, they build up to it and then, then they, they leave. don't go. And then they leave and they take like three episodes to get there. And when they finally do get there... They don't get in immediately. Well, no, no not they? even that. It's the like only person that gets in it is Kazuma. It's like yeah, it's constantly right. teasing the audience. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. It's consistent. I, I love the fact that they're so aware of what their their you know base know. is for it. Why can't we have a third season? 
Well, because there's going to be a film and then hopefully after the film there'll be a third season. Oh, please let it happen <laughs> soon. I can hardly wait. I love that. That show. trailer, there is more madness coming. Oh, I love there it. is. Well, I mean, they are going to be visiting... Um, Megaman's hometown, yes. and if you've if anyone has read the prequel manga to this about where Megaman got her start, you'll be very very pleased with the visuals you see because it is pretty much on point with all the drawings in that manga. I bet it will go off with a bang or an explosion. But yeah, I mean, so th- there is no hard and fast rule, unfortunately, for um, the the Hot Springs and Beach episodes, other than them not necessarily being an anime that has a strong focus on thriller mystery or uh, I guess you could say any form of violence. I mean, mm. I know of one exception to that. There was an anime I was quite fond of called Another, where they do in fact have a beach episode. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't see how they inserted it, but they did it and it worked somehow. It, I mean, it in worked. A way. It was as uncomfortable as it could have been. Well, I mean, it's a bit strange from going from people tumbling downstairs and dying on certain objects that you'd use in the rain and then... <laughs> Beach. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you meant. No, no idea at all. But <laughs> unfortunately, as I said, there's no hard and fast rule, but there are. There does seem to be that tendency towards the lighter, less strong, st- uh, you know, heavy story-driven mm. series to have them. So yeah. if it's a harem anime, if it's a school life anime, especially if it's anything to do with school, actually, yeah. because, hey, we went on a summer trip. I mean, it's sort of directed at um, an audience which is themselves going to school and stuff, so I think for them it's a sort of a... Um, yeah empathetic catharsis and you would go on holidays during school break to you know tropical locations or war or if it's cold you'd go to an onsen well, I mean, try. on, on, on the note sense. of cold it is the end of the winter anime season Wi-Fi radio why do we watch that definitely in my top five Season in review. Yes, we are very sorry. <laughs> that was the best summer anime I have seen ah, this yes. season. Grand well, not, Blue. It wasn't this season. It was last season, wasn't it? It was a few seasons ago. I'm behind. You are behind. It's just that it lives on so strongly in my it memory. Does. It does. Because it's an anime mostly about constantly naked, muscular men. <laughs> which so is funny. very strange. I mean... <laughs> Is glorious. I feel like having watched that, I am richer for it and inoculated against any kind of madness that can come my way now. Yeah, that's well, fair. Mo- most kinds. Well, on that note, season in review time. And of course, this means we do have to talk about everything that's come out over the past three months. And we're going to start off with um, the not so good stuff. We're going to talk about the dropped, the forgotten, and the revisited. <laughs> No. So let's talk about anime we dropped. And there's only two really strong standout mm, ones. It was um, a very hard drop on the first one. Yeah, but w- let's start with number two, which was Dimension High School, which mm. was that weird CG one, which I think we yeah. purely watched the first episode yeah. to see what it was about and then yeah. knew exactly what it was. I wish I could tell you why it was dropped, but I hardly remember anything about it, so that must be why. I feel like it. we dropped it because... Cultural differences. It's perhaps it is so almost like a quiz show. It's uh, yeah. directed at the audience as well to say, "Can you solve this faster than they can?" Mm. And it, it did feel like what well, because I remember during yeah. our anime season preview, we said it was yeah. Japan's trying to teach us a thing again, aren't they? Yeah, but it's uh, it goes into things that we don't normally discuss or look at as far as culture in the West, mm. and so I feel like it was mostly directed to a mm. uh, local audience. 
Yeah, that, that would make sense. And the other one is Magical Girl Special Ops Oscar. Now, we mentioned this a few episodes back, and we mentioned how mature the audience target really was. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like... It went it, no, too far. And it? I mean, obviously, there are going to be people who in, have enjoyed it, but for me, it felt like they used the whole dark magical girl setting to justify doing things a lot further than they should have that were just purely untasteful yeah and things like torture violence and so on it just felt like the the magical girl element was there just to kind of make it seem like it was okay yeah yeah and i mean fantastic idea for a concept i mean think about uh sailor moon it's like she Mm. fights evil by moonlight she kills all those demons she doesn't she (laughs) runs away (laughs) fair enough but she's never there for her friends and she's never there to defend but you have to wonder how that works in the real world okay she kills all the bad guys all the Mm. demons are gone and then the government would start asking some pretty pointed questions. And she would likely have, you know, some serious mental fatigue, potentially yep. PTSD yep. from dealing with that. Mm-hmm. These are ideas that could be explored. And I feel like um, I feel like Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka goes into it somewhat. It, it feels it like they used it as a way to kind of get away identify the character okay and then they just as you said used it to then get away with everything else going this is what she's already seen so she's not bothered by it and just say hey look how awful it actually is it's like we don't actually have to see that you don't have to focus in on those angles that you're focusing in on Mm -hmm. we do understand by like just general observation that it you know it's like yes we get it you're trying to be unpleasant war is unpleasant but yeah yeah, but let, let's be honest, there's another anime from this season which did a better job of that. Um, but th- there was also that point where it was it seemed like it wasn't too sure if it was going for the fan service side or the gratuitous violence side, and it just felt like we were literally being mm. introduced to someone's fetish. Yeah, mm. it was very uncomfortable. Um, so no offence to those that did enjoy it, it wasn't our cup of tea. Um, if you do have a reason why it deserves a rewatch, please put it in the comments on our yeah, Facebook page. We'd and love, we'd to, love hear. to hear your point of view. Because I love to... You know, we, we love to see things from other people's perspectives because, you know, mm-hmm. you can only watch it from your own. Mm. Um, yeah, if there's but anything we've it's missed. It's not like we can't be convinced. Now, let, let's talk about the ones we forgot. Because <laughs> we watched yes. these and then we're like, oh, that looks great. And then forgot to revisit them. Um, and starting from the top is Entro. Yeah, it's adorable and just innocuous. Mm. And I yeah. feel like it's, you know, clears up everything it needs to say in the first few episodes. So yeah. well, when when you kind of have the, you know, major bad guy decide they're going to quit being a bad guy because it's too much effort, then that is a bit of a it feels like a bit of a dead end. And you're like, well, it's, what can really happen from here? It's a hilarious subversion of the entire fantasy genre, but mm. I mean, I think I will go back and watch it some other time to mm. see where exactly mm. they can take it. It looks like they were building up to something serious later on, but I don't know. It's, well, it's I, I, at this point, it's very I'd, I'd be very happy to give it five pastel colours out of ten <laughs> <laughs> because that colour scheme is glorious. Yeah, but, it is. I I couldn't get into it. No. And um, oh, I will try, but... Actually, my favourite episode of theirs was their beach episode. Yeah? Just um, for how the final bad guy is dealt with oh right. yeah right. yes um th- there's also medio tokyo renka now that was the one which is the girl who goes back in time and 
meets it, it, it's yeah, or on high school host club in like the 1500s with uh, old school personalities from around that era yeah. fascinating idea um yeah i simply didn't go back to it i actually mm. don't know why i actually don't want to drop this i want to see where it goes it's just it's ridiculously cliched and written like a, a bit like a fanfic insert um <laughs> but it's fun yeah it's you know i, I want to see because it's also be, it, it, it's she's gone back in time. I and think this yeah. charms the young teenage girl in all of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, full disclosure. Mine's missing. <laughs> <laughs> full disclosure. Um, when I was in high school, I wrote a similar sort of story. Oh, oh my. Actually, I, um, went, I put myself in the place of this character that went back in time and it was kind of similar, so I'm a bit embarrassed, but <laughs> I want to see where this goes because I, I, it's just, you know, it's fun, it's lighthearted. So, so if you have to give it a presumptuous rating on how you think it would stack up oh. if it goes the way you're hoping? Seven charming nobles out of ten. Oh. Yes. And, and then there is the other. Uh, yeah. Yes, Boogie Pop and others. Um, I took a watch at that and yeah. it's unusual. I, I watched the first three episodes. I haven't I watched any. I watched a little bit further. I watched uh, six or seven episodes in. It's going in an interesting direction, but it takes its time. Mm. And I don't know. I'm. Y- do you think you'd keep going or do you think you're just kind of a bit over it at this point? I might give it a try. It looks like it has something to offer, but I just can't really quite figure it out. You see, one of the interesting things I found about it um, online was that a, a few people were saying, and I mean, it did that very odd thing where it bumped out like four episodes in a single day at mm. some point. Um, but a lot of people were saying that it's actually part of a sort of franchisey set up for Boogie Pop. So mm. there have been other Boogie Pop series. Yeah, even in the anime, it heavily implies that a lot of this kind of thing has happened before. Mm-hmm. And I think it is actually directly referencing its predecessors. But because of that, I feel a bit disconnected from it because I'm like, well... Uninitiated I, almost. Yeah, like I, I feel like I've missed out on a part of anime history that I need to go back and watch before I watch this because they've, as you said, referenced those other um, shows. We might have to uh, revisit this after a bit more research, I figure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want to give it... Um, call it seven. Seven mystical aliens? Mm. I f- yeah, there's something there, but I'm going to need to sit down and really think about it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've jumped into Manaria Friends. Now, you're not keen on it, are you? No. <laughs> Someone said of it, I can't remember where I read this. Someone said it's a new take at intimacy. Yeah. I want to believe that that's what all the suggestive poses and sounds are about, but I just cannot buy it. It's yeah. a bit fan servicey, isn't it? It is yeah. just there for fan service. I mean, it's convinced me otherwise I'm open to it. I can't. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the opening no of every episode has some form of sound or behaviour which is suggestive, and then yeah. they subvert that. Yeah. And while that is hilarious the first two or three times, it begins to get a bit great. It's like, yeah, it's you've heard the joke, this is it. But um, I like the world that it creates and the mm. characters, they're not very complex, but they are cute, basically. Yeah, I mean, this is set in the same world as... Um, Rage of Bahamut. Rage of Bahamut. Which was amazing. Yes. I yes. loved that. I didn't think I would. Because well, I found that, that I'm not sure to... I'm not used to having the main character... 
mm. um, drawn in that way. That that was, was also different. which really put me off. I think we try me and Kenny try to sit down. I think about yeah. three or four times to watch it, and, then and Kenny loved it, and I was just a bit like, yeah. mm, I can't really get into this design. And then we design. had a go, yeah. and we sort of slowly grew. To, to get used to it, didn't we? Yeah, well, I, I think in my case it was I've seen that first episode so many times yep. now that it was like, well, yep. this just yep. seems normal now. I would just think back to how I would just get used to all these different styles of animation yeah. if I gave them a go. Some some I didn't. Well, I mean, I mean, for us it's like the difference between watching the Flintstones and then Widget and then... <sighs> Oh, um, which you know, it was great. Uh, Captain Planet. They all had that different animation and style Angela and different Anaconda. background. Yeah. <laughs> all Red and Stimpy. Like, you know, nah, you, you went from, you know, very all, you know, we're showing appealing size yeah. style to very odd styles. Yeah. But, um, yeah, on that note, Hinomaru Sumo. Now, yes! This is definitely a revisit. We just haven't had the time to catch up on yep. it because we missed the start this of it. This was never going to be abandoned as far as I'm concerned. Mm. It's an anime about sumo. It is. It it's, is. We've uh, been touching on a bunch of different sort of sports-based animes lately. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, this one, it just, it feels like, you know, your st- school slice of life with the whole competitive sports thing. But there's almost a Naruto-esque shonenness to it. Yeah. Like and that fighting spirit. Well, yes, it, it, is, there is. it is targeted at the shonen demographic. Mm. And it has hundreds of chapters. And mm-hmm. I am, uh, as, as I think I've mentioned before, hit that like a truck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like a freight train. Yeah. And then there was revisions, which, as I mentioned in the intro, mm. I almost dropped for how annoying that main character oh. is. Now, I'm willing to give yeah. it a shot. I am willing to, to see this through. You know what makes, what, what really got me? I really loved the animation of, is it Milo or Milo? Mm. Oh, yeah. the, um, the the main female girl from yeah. the future. Yeah, I, she's I, awesome. She is, and especially the eye design. Yeah. It, it shows, like, yeah. we, we see this in a lot of Japanese anime because Japan have that strong focus on eyes showing emotion, which mm. is why we see big anime eyes and why yeah. they occurred. Um, but this has been used in such a way that you can see the almost just by looking at the way her eyes are looking the stress and the you know the danger she has lived through already um you don't see it softening she has Mm -hmm. that warrior look to her and yet you've seen another version of her from a different timeline we presume Mm -hmm. who has much softer eyes which i can only assume is her in the future who's gone back in time future from the future i love that is the prevailing theory so far yeah Mm. um and she's a lot more softened and it shows that the character has developed yeah. and changed. I, I love time paradoxes. Mm. I just find them so interesting. And I the fact try that not to think about them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just sort of take it as it is. There's, um, I mean, in know. this case, I just would like the, our equivalent of Shinji to stay out of the robot. Well, <laughs> it's not... I don't think he's the equivalent of Shinji. He's the polar opposite, he, but yeah, he's in the like same role. It's like a bunch of people would criticise Shinji saying, you know, man up a little, harden up a little. And then you see this and you're just like, okay, Shinji, it down a little. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll always defend Shinji. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that we often forget Shinji and Neon Genesis is 14, 14 years, old. years old. Yeah, if you take that yeah. into account, his behaviour is, you know, very not normal. Un- if, not unreasonable. If I was shoved in, all right, so if I was shown a robot, at 13 and said, you get to pilot, I'd be a bit daunted, but I'd just be like, oh, yeah, that looks like fun. And then However, they would start filling up with that fluid and I'd mm-hmm. be like, nope. <laughs> However, we 
imagine you're a child at that age who has been abandoned by yeah. the father yeah. and then told this is the only thing you're good for. Gendo, uh, I'd just be like, you know what, yeah. the world can burn, I'm leaving. Bye. You know, Seriously, I'm taking the I robot would. with me. God, God, is, God has his coffee, all is right with the world. Yeah, put Gendo <laughs> in the bloody robot. He made it. Well, let's anyway. go on to... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let, let, let's go talk about the main series that we want to chat about this season. Wi-Fi Radio. And, of course, Price of Smiles. Mm. We mentioned it at the start. Let's go into this. So we forgot to watch this after watching the first episode. We binged it in two days. Mm-hmm. This week, we but sat down as a trio and watched the whole thing straight out. Yeah. Not quite a marathon, but ooh, daunting task Pretty all close. the same. Well, it's six hours, five hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was really impressed. It was good. It was the change of perspectives that really grabbed me. It's mm. like every second episode would focus on the other side. Yeah. I'm not and sure it, that's... It showed, yeah. you know, but it showed the humanising factors in war. Like, whenever anyone thinks about war, there's always the bad guys. Yeah. And that's it. Mm. You know, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, no matter what side you're on. Yeah, pick mm-hmm. a Gundam series. It's exactly. like yep. the ones in the other suits, they're evil. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I loved, shoot them. I love the designs. Mm-hmm. And it handles the subject matter very well. I mm-hmm. mean, it looks at the hard truth of war. Characters will die and you will not be expecting it. Every mm-hmm. single time you think you've got an idea on where the plot is going, it subverts it and gives you something new to look at and look out for. I was so impressed. I was not expecting to get into it this much, especially because you, you see that all the previews and, m- my lord, the synopsis written for the first episode was appalling. Uh, you know, yes. She lives in her castle, ha- surrounded by her happy friends. And it's like, that doesn't tell you anything about what this series yeah, is actually about. Yeah, that sounds like it's about to be a futuristic yeah. slice of life. Exactly. And that's the interesting thing. It doesn't tell you anything, just like they weren't telling her anything. Exactly. And that was... They did such a good job. You almost have the same point of view as her. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And then when you go to the opposing side and you're looking at the eyes through a woman who's working for the military on the other side, who's from an orphan background. So on one side, you've got Princess Yuki, who has been brought up with all the privileges and Mm -hmm. everything you'd expect. And on the other side... Stella Shining. Stella, that's right. Stella! Stella. (laughs) Um, She's grown up as an orphan and... Uh, literally then was given to a family who wanted to abandon her Mm. and then lived on the street and then joined the military because she had nowhere else to go. They're very different stories and yet they both have a very similar view of the world on what they want the world to be. Mm. Which They seem to be quite responsible. But, I mean, this wasn't a series I was expecting to get so invested into um, Mm. and I had to kind of disattach myself because once that first unexpected death happened... I kind of got the feeling more we're going to follow and Mm. I was like, "Mm, okay. Um, Domestic girlfriend's already wrecked me. I can't handle this right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't feel like it needed to be sad where it was sad. I don't want to give anything away. I think you guys know exactly what point I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it it was... It didn't have to be (laughs) In all all seriousness, it's a fantastic series. If you're looking for something which is a good 12 episodes Mm. with a strong story narrative, with well-developed characters, with interesting dialogue and not the same generic thing we see in a lot of the quickly spun out mecha anime, this is worth a watch. And not terribly predictable either, the entire end game, like... You don't even no. have a clue about that mm. until you, you, it's you th- upon you. You think, oh, yeah. you know, this city will fall and that city will rise. And no, you are way off the track and you have no idea. And the next couple of twists just blows you away. So I'm, I'm going to give it seven giant mechs out of ten. That's a good score. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Um, 
I'd only give it about maybe five and a half, to be honest. Mm. I'm really glad you guys loved it so much. I did like it too, <laughs> but... Watch out, how polarizing opinion <laughs> coming. <laughs> it's, oh, ju- no. it's not very. Um, so I liked the political side of it. Um, I didn't find that Yuki was intri- very intriguing as a main character. Though. No. I like, like, she wasn't very complex, which isn't a bad thing. They showed um, that she had a tactical edge, but I feel like that was sort of a forced development. Yeah, mm. um, there was that. And, um, I mean, I liked the storyline. I That bit did not have to be sad. <laughs> um, I liked the fact that they did a really good job of closeting us from that first episode and then revealing at the end. But what I do think is that it would have been really interesting, maybe even a bit more intriguing, to have started the other way around, to have sh- to have started with Stella mm. and then gone to Yuki, then back to Stella, then back to Yuki. But well, once again, that would shift the narrative structure, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. it would. Um, I mean, yeah. throughout the whole series, you feel inclined to side with Yuki because she's the first character introduced. And because mm. she's so innocent, she's naive. Yeah, and yeah. she's and as you said, she isn't well-developed, and that's because they've seen her as a vessel. And I think the political yeah. turmoil and the overall events are what seem to be the part they focused on as opposed to the character development. Yeah. I mean, not saying I think it's bad. So five and a half sunflowers. Got yeah, five and a half. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll give it a solid six and a half, seven goldfish in balls. Oh, yeah. Well, the next one is Shield Hero. And uh, yes. I love Shield Hero. I've been reading the manga. And we have some fantastic music. We have the theme song from it, which is called Rise by Mad Kid. And this is a cover by Romy. He's an incredibly talented musician, singer, and composer on YouTube. We'll be putting his link on the Facebook page. <laughs> So much. He's excellent. Yeah, Romy is utterly phenomenal. Um, yeah, so I, I had talented. A, had a good chat with him on um, on his Facebook account. And Such a nice bloke. He does all of this. So he composes the music, he plays it, he sings, he mixes. This guy, wow. That's amazing. I wonder how much he's going to be worth in 10 years. 
A lot. Or two a years. Lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Spread the word, people. You know, with Shield Hero, I've lately been trying to remember what Naofumi was like before he was so incredibly jaded. Mm. Like, I have this lovely daydream that he'll reconnect to his nice self and be able to go back home and Raftalia will go <laughs> with him. But then I'm not sure about what will happen to her ears and her tail. Maybe she'll be an idol sensation or something. <laughs> um, but then, yeah... Yeah, I, I mean, can hardly remember him from when he because th- he was happy once, wasn't he? I wouldn't <laughs> he say might have been. he <laughs> wasn't necessarily happy, but he was comfortable mm. um, at the start because he had you know the free income and all that, and then he just suddenly appears in this world. But um, what I've loved about this adaptation more than anything else is that they have done additional scenes that were not in the manga that actually made the story stronger. They weren't filler; they were useful. And that is so rare. Yeah, I haven't seen any film. I still enjoy what an original take on the isekai genre it is. It's We've seen um, Sword Art Online. Kirito yeah. has everything. He wins everything. He's OP. Everything is awesome. I love him, but he's OP. Yeah. He's a paragon of goodness and justice, and all the ladies love him. And a godmother. <laughs> totally. <laughs> In this, life isn't fair. No. People are not always going to have your best interests at heart. They aren't very nice. And thus he's adapting to this world and making it his own, basically. I mean, it's a great adaptation and there's another 12 episodes to go. We're only at the halfway point because this is a typical anime, so I'm very excited. And I suspect it might hit around the chapter 50 mark of the manga by the time it's done, um, which is kind of the end of this whole saga to do with the heroes and... Um, the way the king is behaving. It it doesn't end the waves or anything like that. That's still ongoing and that's Mm. still happening in the manga up to date. But it it answers a lot of questions as to why he's being treated the way he's being treated. Oh, good. I've been waiting for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to give it eight kicks to the spear hero's crotch out of ten. I'll give it eight and a half rage shields out of ten. I'm rather enjoying the series. I love the world. I love the characters. I'm giving it nine angry chocobos out of ten. Love them angry chocobos. Now, let's go on to a series which has broken my heart. set to be one of this year's most prevalent earworms. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, that was Kawaki Wo Amaku, which was originally performed by Minami. She's very young. Um, that was a cover by Kimi. She's from the Netherlands. Oh, 
And wow. she is awesome as well. Wow. Well Anime done. Really is a worldwide thing, isn't it? What a voice. Like, th- th- it's quite funny. She was mentioning on her Twitter that someone actually reported her song because they thought she'd stole the original. <laughs> <laughs> Realise. That, that is a wow. compliment. That's a compliment and a half. Yeah. I mean, now, a low blow kind of a compliment. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to say that while I love the manga, this has started strong and it has dropped too many important plot points for me to give it a good score. Oh. Really? That's a shame. There are so many things that they have left out which are critical to explain how certain characters behave and they well, could have done much better with the adaptation. Would you then suggest that if one was to have the manga and the anime both available, you should choose one and stick to one before going to the other? I don't think this will get a second season. Really? I really don't. Um, It has not performed well enough in Japan for it to do so at this stage. Well, I wouldn't be too heartbroken if it didn't because I got my kicks out of them being found out Mm -hmm. because, you know, like... He just, re- I just really haven't been loving their relationship, no. and he's just a bit pushy, and she's a loose cannon that needs therapy. Though <laughs> the same could probably said be said of him too. And seeing Rui's advances on him and the way he handled them just made me really angry with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the discuss that it the has dis- felt like a rush to the finish in recent episodes. Mm. It's like we just need to get to the end and get it done with. Yeah. And after you read the manga, the anime doesn't feel strong. And I mean, admittedly, mm. I shot myself in the foot for doing that. But the manga is is phenomenally well-paced and well-written. Yeah. And the I, I've got to agree with you, the main character does not deserve either of the girls. <sighs> no, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I keep watching it and the same words are on my lips in every episode. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I understand there's the whole taboo element in there. Um, I, I should also mention that Domestic Girlfriend is written by um, a lady, I can't remember her name offhand, but she's fantastic. Now, her prior series set, give you a lot of ideas as to where she's planning to take this. Oh, um, really? She's one called, got one called Happy Ending, which is, once again, a love triangle. It, it's a very good read, um, especially if you've been reading the manga and are really depressed. Go read that. You'll be happy with the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's the same sort of principle where there are two people um there's the main character who's in love with um a girl and the other girl then goes who's pretty much the same sort of type of character as Rui helps him to try and build his confidence up to meet her Mm -hmm. um and he he then falls in love with both of them and Uh. has to decide um and it's really well written and the characters are well developed and it's the same thing for the manga. Unfortunately, the series for um, Domestic Girlfriend, after those first f- solid six episodes, feels like it just kind of took a lull and rushed mm. to the end. The introduction of Alex and several other characters, conflicts that were meant to happen, conflicts that his uh, advisor in the literary club was meant to go through, I just skipped over and glossed mm. over. And they were very important in character development and showing each individual character's values and beliefs. It's yeah. such and a shame. It is. And it just seems like they went, all right, we've only got 12 episodes to do this. We'll rush to the end. We'll make sure we do the whole story art with Hina. And then, you know, we, we can just end it there. Um, and I don't think that's the right way to approach it. I mean, mangas are no more your domain, but I feel like I really need to read this. It, it's really good, but it will wreck you um, because it is very emotionally charged and it is well-developed. And yeah. there's a reason why it's got such a following. I mean, it's 
let, let's be honest, it's no Sword Art Online, it's no Shield Hero, it's no Naruto or One Piece where there's a massive following behind it. But the people who do read it are very dedicated to it because they really acknowledge how well the writer's done for it. Your um, review of this anime kind of reinforces why I say to everyone, read Akira before mm. you watch it. Don't watch it first because... Well, I mean, if you want to watch it first, that's fine. But I feel like you're going to be missing out on a on a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to give it six buckets of tears out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's been me the past few weeks. Okay, I'm, I think... Look, I'm still enjoying the anime because I haven't been ruined by the manga. Mm. So I am going to give it about seven... Seven Sakura cherry blossoms out mm. of ten. Mm. Kenny? I give it five creepy teachers out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's not your cup of tea, is it? It's, yeah, not exactly. It's There's a lot of awkwardness to it and I don't know, not my thing. Mm, fair enough. The next show we're talking about is your thing, it's though. It's all your thing. This, this is, I reckon, I, I'm willing to bet that this is your show of the season. It's in my top ten list of animes of all time. Well, which is a big deal. We've got another uh, song by Romy. This is his cover of Love Dramatic, which was performed by Suzuki Masayuki. And uh, it is utter perfection. so much it's another earworm of the year oh absolutely and I just love everything about how this song works in the anime the opening is like a Bond film it's phenomenal it is it, the first thing I said when I saw that is like is Ian Fleming involved in yeah. this like, it's, it's wow. like back from when they were really artistic and mm. just so original pre, pre Goldeneye. yeah mm. and that is certainly the sort of thing they were going for I'm certain I'm sure of it now I have to say this anime is utter perfection for a rom-com that's so uh, good I mean that, that, that's I know a, a heavy thing to say but I have been consistently 
every week laughing my head off and it has made us laugh a lot. That's the thing. Yes. It is working off the singular basis that these two people are trying to get the other to express their love. They mm. are trying mm-hmm. to manipulate. It is the same joke, but the way they approach it from all these different and original and unexpected mm-hmm. angles, mm. you can't help but be inzo- absorbed wondering, okay, how's it going to happen this time? <laughs> and how good is the narrator? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I've heard some people online say the narrator takes away from it, but I think they're watching the dub and oh. I suspect the dub might not be that good for the narrator. I think oh, the no. narrator adds to it. it. I, I think he's he does so too. He's so funny. It's great because he's explaining what's going on and it doesn't need the characters to play the old exposition dance because, you know, it's well done. Exactly. And just the idea of like this mature old voice telling you about these young teenage things yeah. and what they kind of do. reminds me of that SBS voiceover guy that was <laughs> that was hanging around like maybe fifteen years ago, and he always yeah. sounded like he was saying something naughty when yeah. he was just talking about what's coming up next, and it's a Food Channel special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you were very interested to know what was going on on that special. I but, know. I mean, I, I've loved everything about this. The art style is beautiful. Mm. Um, it takes a moment to get used to at the start um, because the way the main male character's eyes are drawn and his look is a bit out of left field from what you'd expect from a uh, high school love romance anime. Mm-hmm. Of course. But other than that, because oh. these are not your typical protagonists, are no. they? No, he's insane. Yeah. She's insane. And e- they are yeah. insane. Yeah. And even though they're put in the love protagonist role and they're at this super duper elite school, they're fallible. They are just so strange. Mm. And they're polar opposites. She's from a super rich background. He's from a very poor background. She's very, very sheltered. He's just very, very... Smart. And there are those great episodes where she's learning about the world by accident. And it's just. Chica has to explain it to her. On multiple occasions. And on on that note, Chica, she is glorious. She is one of the best foils to them that I have ever seen. When there's two people at loggerheads, she just walks in and ruins what they are planning to do because they're just like, you're being silly. Hasn't she been called upon to break up a fight between them as well? Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the treasurer drags her in. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And wasn't it to do with, like, food? Yeah. It was It was. It was No, you will eat this slice of cake. No, you will eat this slice of cake. I will feed you. No, you will feed me. Oh, Uh, my God. What? And Chica is just, yeah, this game between them is a game of chess. It's a game of chess with high stakes, and then she just throws a boppet on the table. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> but the manga is still going very strong. Apparently, yes. there's been some serious development in the relationship between the characters in the last 10 chapters. Oh. Um, so, also going to hit that very hard when I get some time off. I mean, we're on the second last episode as it is. We mm-hmm. haven't seen the last episode yet, but. Um, no, that comes out tonight? Yes, so by the time you guys hear this, we will have watched it. But it's not out. Yet? It's not out yet, but it will be out while you're hearing this. So to us now, it's not out, but it will be But out. right now, to you listening, it's right <sighs> out now. Go watch it Go now, watch right it. this I think I'm having minute. an aneurysm. But I can't watch it now because it's not no, out now. No, we can't watch it now. But you can but watch it. Probably by the time you're listening to this, we will be watching it. But now. we're not now. But not now. But now we'll be watching <laughs> it. But now, right now, right as you're hearing this, right Watch now. Watch it. We are probably watching it. Okay. Um, was that clear? I don't think it was. It was okay. about as clear as mud. <laughs> Maybe we should repeat ourselves. No. Yeah, we can. <laughs> um, I have to give it 10 chicken dances out of 10 because 
every week I look forward to this. Like I look forward to a lot this season, but this one, every time it came out, straight away I wanted to watch it, no matter what else was out. Nine deadly weapons out of ten for me, because I want to know a bit more about the characters. You have to read the manga then. Okay, well... Ten insane school counsellors. It's, yes. Yeah. Now, there is something we need to mention when we were talking about our episode three rule um, a Mm. few episodes back, that episode three is where groups try to do something strange. They did something strange. (sighs) They changed the outro just for this one episode. Oh, yes. And we have a cover of it because this, I believe, is the ultimate earworm of this season. Yeah, and you you should try and watch the video. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, now this has been covered by Singing Samin. She's a singer and voice actress from Florida. She's got some pretty awesome songs on her channel. Definitely worth checking out. And with all of these artists, we will be linking you to their YouTube profile in the description. So have a look below. Um, This is Chikato Chika Chika. And it was voiced by Fujiwara Chika, the character, i.e. the voice actress Koharu Konomi, and it's basically been dubbed the Chika Dance. Time to get into part three. These are the big ones. Mm. Now, I, I feel like Kaguya-sama should be in this group, and it is definitely one of the big ones of the season, but for me, this is where it's all been at. And we're going to start off with Sword Art Online Alicization. Now, Sword Art Online gets a lot of flack. Love it, hate it. It's, you know, it's a big name in anime right now. Mm-hmm. Alicization is hands down the best arc of the entire show so far. It has actually been pretty good. It's felt quite different to all the mm. other series. Like the characters are completely There are different. actual stakes oh, at, at risk. Like the first half of season one, there was the, the your life at stake. The second mm. season, uh, as soon as life was at stake, allegedly. It was a save the princess kind of Yeah, deal. after that, it just kind of felt like there wasn't much else going on. I mean, sure, we did have the issue with the guys from Gun Gale trying to kill people in the real world. That but was it, a fascinating mystery kind it of was. thing. Mm, it was. But it didn't feel as life and death as this did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not ha- know how they're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, all of their... 
all of their pawns are gone. It's like the knights have gone as well. There's like yeah. one rook and... Sorry, I'm no, using no, no, chess no. terminology. I'm not good at chess. Throw a bop it <laughs> up. <laughs> but, I mean, there's 24 episodes, and this is part of a two-part... So they, they claimed it was a four-core, um, which means f- 48 to 50 episodes. What and this, um, in the light novels, is actually... The whole story arc is longer than everything that came before it. Wow. Which explains why they're putting so much into it. And You feel like this was, like, the initial idea and all the other stuff was, like created to sort of introduce it no no i don't think it was because this was kind of one of the last major story arcs before then going on to i think there's two minor arcs after this and then that's it so, so far much, as far as what's written so much is going into this mm-hmm. and so there's 24 episodes out another 24 to go mm-hmm. um we believe 2020 that next part is mm-hmm. um it's unconfirmed um, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere it was 2020. Yeah. So it would make sense having a year gap in between so they can create another 24 episodes. Mm. Um, I've loved everything about it so far. The animation has been taken up a notch. A1's always pretty good, but it feels like, especially during sword fights, the actual movement has become a lot more fluid. The character actual design feels like it's been softened so that they're more realistic as opposed to hard edge. Um, less game character, more real person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I've noticed that too. only criticism I have is that they made that massive deal at the start about all of, their fr- all of his friends from outside who we haven't seen in about 15 episodes. No. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen anything. Has it only been 15 episodes? It feels significantly longer. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Like, I mean, well... They've done a good job with the passage of time. They have. And uh, yeah. admittedly, time inside the game game um goes a lot faster than passage outside Mm -hmm. so it might be that they've purposely done this because in this whole time only one day has passed in the real world such an intriguing notion because yeah there Mm -hmm. was a cutaway to asana and um a couple of the other people outside very Mm -hmm. very briefly wasn't it yeah Yeah. they they mentioned oh that's a warship and then we haven't heard anything for a while yeah it's just like uh what's what's going on can can we cut out to there Hello. But w- once again, the intro has been done by one of my favourite performers, Lisa. Um, oh, and awesome. she did the very first um, series opener, Crossing Field. She's done intros for tons of other animes as well. And just as a general rule, she is an awesome rock musician. Yeah, she's such a good performer. She big is. name, big name in but anime. We have a uh, cover by Romy, mm. and Romy's a guy. So this is, is a there very. Is anything this guy can't do? No, there isn't. <laughs> I'm a little 
That's a cracking what cover. What a voice he has. Yeah. Well, wait till we get to Dororo because uh, he's... Wow. He, he, we've got his cover of Dororo's intro and that's... Whoa. But not just to mention how good that intro is, but the show itself, just as an overall mm. quality, its polish has just jumped up a level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they've had the time, they've had the, the original film come out, which also had that polished devil jump up as well. Oh, that mm-hmm. was, it was a good movie. Yeah. Now, yeah. in line to what we were discussing earlier, there is one thing that for me makes Sword Art Online a little bit of an uncomfortable watch, and that's the fan service. Yeah. It is in there. It's not in there often, but when it's in there, it's uncomfortable. It, um, it, is a, it feels a bit forced. It is, I feel like it's, it's there just for a particular fan base. It's really mm. voyeuristic, and yeah. it doesn't have to be. Like, we didn't have to see what they were doing with those two girls. Yeah. We don't have to see the Pontifex half-naked all times. They, you know. Yeah, what's the deal with that? I, I'm not sure. Though, again, I don't mind it, the, yeah, like, I'm, the I'm, Pontifex. But the thing with the two girls, that was just not. It, that it, was too yeah, far. A, a bit too far. It dwelled on it a little too long. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you remember the prior seasons as well, and as you said, this is mm. consistent throughout all the Sword Art Online, there is that... Voyeuristic. I, I wouldn't even say that. The almost perverse level of look at how badly this person is being treated. And it's happened yeah. to Asuna a fair bit. It happened to um, the girl from Gun Gale. Yeah. It's happened now to two of the young girls in um, yeah. Alicization. Yeah, and th- that's why I'm going to give it six fan service Pontifexes out of ten. <laughs> I'm giving it uh, eight forgotten side characters out of ten. Fair enough. Seven big shiny swords. Now, there is also a very nice outro thing. And this is by, the original is called Forget Me Not by Ryo Na, and it's been covered by the Japanese group Anime Song Collab. Now, if you've not heard of them, these guys are phenomenal. Guys and girls, I should say, especially some of their vocalists. They should be professional vocalists. Um, They are an internet group who all record the independent parts of the song and then pass it on to another person to record their part, and it all gets pieced together to make the anime intro songs from each opening. Oh, that's fantastic. know that that was a cover that was so well produced produced. incredible now if you do want to find these guys they have a community page on youtube and 
um, Nico Nico community page, which is actually a Japanese page. So unless you can read and speak Japanese, you might struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But wow. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Just wow. Um, on that note, that time I was reincarnated as a slime. Oh, yeah, I remember that time. I was, that was a bit a, squishy. That was yeah. a weird Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Squish um, that slime. Animated by 8-Bit, Infinite Stratos, uh, Encouragement of Climb they've previously done. Um, you know that I was super excited about this series when it came out because I'd been reading the manga. Absolutely. I didn't realise it was a light novel before that. Oh. Yeah, and which is why season two has been announced <gasps> for 2020. Yay! Yes. I saw some of the cover art for it. It looks mm-hmm. it's, awesome. It's such a good series. It's so accessible yeah. for any age. Yeah. And Rimuru is pretty much god mod. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, I'm really enjoying it. I don't feel like it's a cheat or anything. I feel mm. like I just get to watch um, someone exercising what they do with mm. power to, 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 to make benefit, like... To, to make benefit great nation <laughs> of um, what's what's their country called tempest tempest yeah, yeah. to make no, <laughs> it's to make benefit great nation of tempest yeah. got it um, it's run for 25 episodes the light novels are ongoing there's 14 volumes out of that the manga's ongoing as well um, the second season is going to be great and as you mentioned this is all about how people use power and this mm-hmm. is the polar opposite of ultimate power corrupts ultimately um, and I love that I love the fact that you know Rumuru is able to go into this and think straight yeah. he keeps a cool head or he rather does. they keep a cool head <laughs> well he, in, the, in the last episode he did refer to himself as a he okay. and a salary man and a male so we'll, well, we'll, we'll, we'll stick, stick with, with him that. being a guy in a genderless body yeah yeah that'll work yeah it's just um it's been the power trip fantasy is present in the isekai because that's sort of thing. You're in this foreign mm. world and you mm-hmm. are now its hero. And the way he utilizes his power is to make something great of what wasn't great. He, he's got such mm. a good code of ethics. Yeah. yeah, he makes he makes a nation out of orcs and goblins and mm. beastmen and everyone's getting along. Everything's happy. Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, humans come as well. It's great. Yeah. And, and the dwarfs. The dwarfs can come too. And <laughs> when there's a giant monster, they kill the giant monster, chop it up and have a big festival. Yeah. What a wonderful notion. I know. It's it's great. Um I know you know I'm already going to rate this highly and it's nine mm. goblin riders out of ten for me. Mm. Um, I cannot wait to see where this goes from here. So I'm very excited. I'm giving it eight horny wolves out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to give it nine how do you see out of those masks out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will come back to Slime when it gets its uh, next season out, uh, hopefully next year. Uh, hopefully it's early next year. I am not a patient man. But um, we need to talk about something that I cannot stop talking about and it's given me utter joy this season because mm-hmm. I cannot own a cat in my current house and this has filled that gap. And that's my roommate is a cat. And, and oh. what it which actually has a far more adorable title than the English it translation. Does, which right? they use as the last two lines of the anime. Yeah, what what's that title, Carl? Uh my roommate is sometimes in my lap and sometimes on my head. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which is just so Squish cute. that roommate. Squish that cat. Squish <laughs> that cat. Um, but it's a beautiful story. I have loved every minute of it. Um, I want a cat and a story. <laughs> Cats, plural. But not only that, the intro theme is called Unknown World and it's by a band called Schrodinger's Cat <laughs> featuring Katringo. Um, what, this is another one that's been covered by Anime Song Collabo and oh, it's just, it's so catchy 
And if you have a look at, if anyone's had a look online for the name of this, trying to actually play this is incredibly challenging because it is very complicated on the piano. You can probably tell this is going to get a high score from me. I think that I would want to hear that on a saxophone. Oh. Can you imagine that? There, there have been some really good songs with sax in it this season, which mm. will be our next, uh, actually the next series we talk about. Mm. But w- what were your guys' takeaways from My Roommate is a Cat? Oh, it's so beautiful. It's, um, I feel like there's so much going on where... Um, just that the character was grieving this entire time and he didn't realise it. Mm. And his parents were kind of hanging around because he hadn't let go. Yeah, in and a sense. Yeah, and uh, Haru's arrival slowly got like helped them both recover mm-hmm. and learn that, you know, life can be beautiful, it can be wonderful, it can be anything... It's Other sort of a love depressing. story to people to say you don't have to be alone, yeah. mm. which I believe that's a very important message for people yeah. to have. It's so profound. Mm-hmm. And it's that character development that's so amazing, isn't it? Mm. It's the way they're both coming out of their shells, becoming more trusting, even protective of each other, especially in yeah. Haru the cat's sense. And yeah. they haven't tried. It's just been so very natural and organic. Mm-hmm. Now, if you haven't caught it, essentially the format of the show is the first three quarters is focusing on the main guy and his activities and so on. The second half is that episode from the cat's view. Mm. Uh, well, last quarter, I should say, is from the cat's view. And yeah. they play with that throughout the whole series until the last episode where the whole episode is from both of their views. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to see the cat's point of view. I mean, we, we, we get to this day, we will never know, I think, what our cat actually wants. Yes. But... And it's a Global big domination. <laughs> they, they, they did a really good job of explaining cat behaviour, even though mm. it's probably not accurate. They did, didn't they? And it I, I really enjoyed sense. that. So I, I'm going to give it 10 bundles of utter joy <laughs> out of 10. I'm going to give mine 10 hairballs out of 10. Uh, yeah, 10 tins of the good stuff. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very, very relaxed and just... it was. 
emotional in a lot of it bits. was it was now on the note of saxophone as coco mm. mentioned a bit earlier we do need to play a song called touch off by Overworld. this is another cover by romy and it is good <laughs> Overworld, uh, the band who originally did it, and that was covered by Romy. That's Touch Off. That is the theme. He can play saxophone. Uh, I believe so. That is the theme for Promised Netherland, and wow. Oh, we just finished that last night. We did, which is actually the night before, if you're listening to us on the... Sa- anyway. I kind of <laughs> want to be him when I grow up. <laughs> when you be- grow up? <laughs> I think we're older than him. No. <laughs> so that, Promised Netherland had such a strong story the whole mm. way through. Oh, my god! The first episode was so captivating. It gave mm-hmm. you everything you needed to just stay invested. Now, season two is on the way for next year. Oh, yes, I, I couldn't wait. fit that in the news either because there's so much stuff. Oh, and I wanted to wait till now. And ne- you waited until now to tell us. Oh, you I'm not sure oh. I can wait that long and I might read the manga. <laughs> I might have to too because, but wow. The character development, the use of young children as characters mm. and showing how young children can potentially tackle a situation maturely was fantastically well done. And it's not your typical situation, is it? No. no. But it, it also it shows that children are much more observant than many adults give them credit for. Yeah, they are. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know what? I thought I wouldn't be able to watch this, to be honest, mm. because of the dark subject matter. Well, but I mean, when you say, oh, this is a anime which is about a child farm which are going to be served up to demons yeah. to eat their brains. I just didn't want to mm. see so much of a focus on them being scared and, you yeah. know, how we've seen in, in other animes is a lot of a focus on the fear and the... Mm. Ugh, and there's n- it's not really necessary, but uh, it doesn't really focus so much. I mean, they they're scared, but then they're like, "Let's fix this. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's the do can, something the about the can-do attitude." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like that guy that you shared with us just before, the motivational Japanese yeah. speaker who's standing in a lake, just who's doing fascinating like random meme I located. Yes, yeah. we might have to post that on the Facebook page yeah, just for your your Monday morning get up. Absolutely, um, but you can do it. Promise Netherland from beginning to end has been a fantastic ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been strong narrative. The ideas behind it, even though they're flawed, the twists, the things that were happening behind that you didn't see coming. Every episode had some aspect which built up to mm-hmm. this fantastic crescendo at the end. Yeah, And oh. I cannot wait to see where they go with this. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It all takes place in this one location, this mm. one house in the middle of the woods that you see the walls later. And the fact that the second season is outside of that, that raises yeah. only questions, only possibilities. Well, what go what is this on. world yeah. actually like outside yeah. the walls? What, what is has happened there? to the world? Like, are humans the norm anymore? Mm. Getting my, like, Maze Runner vibes. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I, I can't wait to see where that goes. And I'm mm. going to go nine child sacrifices out of ten. Mm. <laughs> Eight creepy mums out of ten for me. It was a seven. But that last episode just yeah. put it up a bit. I'm going to say nine house fires out of ten. <laughs> Fair enough. And um, with that, we have one last anime to talk about. And uh, I might have to say that this is uh, another song by uh, Romy. And I-, I do have to warn you that party is over. Party is over. Sore-de-mo-odori-takata. What a phenomenal cover. Mm. What a vocal range. Amazing. Does this guy do concerts? I'd go. Yeah, I'd, I'd pay. Go. I'd pay to see him. Just so, so good. I love every moment of his music. That's why I actually went and bought it all for this. Um, and it, I'm sure he'll be rolling around in the, uh, I don't know, $1.50. <laughs> it probably cost. Um, but Dororo has just been a masterclass in Tezuka-style storytelling. Yeah. 
and it's you know it makes sense it was done by his studio it's been well developed it's been well thought out and it is based on a fantastic manga so I, I, I find it very very easy to get into it and yeah. announced last week 12 more episodes coming yeah we oh. thought it was just going to be a 12 part didn't we yeah. oh thank god <laughs> oh Someone's my happy. gosh <laughs> this is really the standout anime of the season for me mm. just there's such a strong story from the start. Yeah. And taking into account the historical background as well. Oh, my god! It did a really, really good job. It did. It has done and a really good I job. I mean, there's some really dark subject matter, but it hasn't... It like, handles it, hasn't it in a way that it treats the audience as mature enough to deal with it. Yeah, it mm-hmm. hasn't gone, oh, look, here's exactly what it's like. It's, yeah. it's enough to sort of say, well, this is what's happening. You guys know the rest, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I've, it's got yeah. the strong characters to fit into the environment. It's like this is a hopeless kind of a world. Yeah. And these two people face it head on. It's mm. very it, inspiring. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we've got 12 more episodes. It's very well written. And Hyakimaru is just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> he He's is. so awesome. I named one of my Pokemon after it. Did you? <laughs> Which one? Uh, Gilad, the one which has swords for arms. Ah, oh, so. I was going to say, is that going to be your cipher name? Or something? Oh, <laughs> I, I have to go pick up one of my DS now. Dororo's <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty cool too. Serves as a great side character to introduce you to their narrative structure, to tell you what Hyakimaru can't. His I very human foil, basically. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Dororo is actually a girl. We'll leave that until the end of the series to discuss. Oh. Because there is some discussion around that, and I'm not going to tell you what they have planned for this season because I found out. (gasps) But as Kenny mentioned with the live-action adaptation, they had Dororo played by a girl. Yeah, and and that made me wonder. I thought, okay, is that a change or is that a mystery yet to be revealed? In the manga. I can't tell. Mm -hmm. So we will cover that, obviously, when we do get to it. But I think we need to um, address a few points which you've written down about Dororo. Yeah. Um, So I come from a background in studying classics. So the thing that I loved about it is that it's a tragic story. It's classic tragedy. Um, Dororo lost his parents. Hyakimaru is the victim of his father's lust for power. His father is drunk on his own power and flying way too close to the sun. Uh, His mother is tormented by her guilt. I'm getting a lot of Greek metaphors here. Yeah. And and his brother has to choose between having a brother who, like, his his loyalty to his family is, is so strong. But he has a responsibility to his people and his father... Mm. has made him make that choice and it's just like this is an in, it's it's got some similarities to many greek tragedies yeah. very stylistic yeah. yeah and it reminds me a little bit of the story of oedipus because oedipus is the victim of fate yeah he wasn't he i mean he w- had the misfortune of being born mm. into a family that carried some serious issues. Some serious issues. <laughs> Which is why we now have the Oedipus complex as an actual yeah. phrase used. Yeah, but like this is exactly the same for Hyakimaru. He didn't ask for any of it, but it's his fate. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I'm going to give it nine dead demons out of ten. Ooh. I'm get it, giving it twelve Tezcas out of ten. 
right. twelve. Honestly, <laughs> this is you, the you know standout. how an out of ten system works, right? I do. We'll say <laughs> you, we'll you don't s- get to save the points you didn't spend earlier. Yes, but this is when we're going to do suspension of belief. Suspension and this is the points. way it is. Suspension no, of points. All, all yes. I want to say is that it's my favourite. Fair enough, Kenny. Uh, definitely nine severed limbs out of ten. Oh yes, yes, yes. We do have to give ourselves your personal favourite of the season. I think we know exactly what Coco's favourite yes. is. It starts with D and ends in Aurora. Yes, um, it do. <laughs> <laughs> it's such wait. a well-rounded story. Wait, it starts in D, ends in Aurora. What is it? Hmm. Aurora. Aurora. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah very, very, very complicated name. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to have to say my roommate is a cat. Um, very obvious because of how obsessed I have been with it, and I just want a cat. It's so damn heartwarming. Pulls at the, the heartstrings, yeah. doesn't it? Because mm. I'm I'm a big soft mushy pile of mess. Um, yes. I, I blame my affliction for romance anger for that. <laughs> um, and say Kenny, it loud and say it proud. Kenny. Ah. It's such a tough call to make, isn't it? This has been a great season. Some that people actually don't think so. No? No. And I, I think it might just be that we aren't as jaded as them. I say quality over quantity, honestly. Mm. We've had great contenders. We've talked about only a few of the good ones today. Mm-hmm. i got to say it's Kaguya-sama Love is War, though. It's mm-hmm. that, That's a fair call. It's basically it's entranced me from beginning to end. And on the note of entrancing that episode three, we have another version of the cover <gasps> because it's just so good and yes. it's just it went viral and it deserves it. Ladies and gentlemen out there, we will get this stuck in your head yes. one way or another. This one's been covered by Tomoyo. She is a singer, artist, and a Japanese English translator for Funimation. Mm. Pretty cool, huh? All right. And I tell you what, both this version and uh, Samina sings are both cracking versions of it. Let's give it to Spin. Another day, another episode, and... Full of music! Yes, it's, I'd say it's our musical episode. I'm mm-hmm. surprised no one's broken into song yet, actually. It Honestly. hasn't happened yet, but soon it will. Oh, no. Break into song! All the day. <laughs> We're not very good at this. No, no. clearly. Um, 
We have another long episode next. It oh. is the preparation for the spring anime season. <gasps> and it is a doozy. There is a lot of interesting stuff coming out. And there's going to be, once again, a lot to talk about as with any new season. Oh, I can't wait. I wish half the stuff that's coming out in July was coming out now. Because I can't wait that long. <laughs> but in the meantime, please... Go check out some of these anime and definitely check out the artists that we've mentioned today. Yeah. They are phenomenal. They're not very well known for some reason mm -hmm. and I think that is a crime. We yeah. should change that. Yeah, the, we should. The videos are yeah. really good yeah. for everything mm -hmm. that, that we've posted. Well, in my opinion, they yeah. are. And obviously, please, if you do enjoy the music of these artists, donate to them on their Patreon or buy the track through iTunes or Google Play mm. or whatever option they give for you. It all because helps. It, it all helps them get mm. their stuff together and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do the same and give yeah. them more money in the future absolutely we want to support talent where possible absolutely but uh we'll be back next week same time same wacky channel well, i should say next fortnight actually because mm -hmm. clearly i'm getting ahead of myself haha <laughs> uh, -ha, april fools uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um either way enjoy mm. yourselves have a good weekend and uh we'll chat to you in a fortnight thanks everyone Bye, everyone